Hello, everybody. This is David Patrick. This is Ken McBride. With Chicago Title Oklahoma, bringing you the title side. Today, we are lucky enough to have one of our favorites, Becky Ivins, one of the best real estate agents in the state of Oklahoma, somebody I respect uh, immensely, Ken McBride, my co-host. Ken, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. This is our our first COVID podcast, and we are social distancing. We've got our masks, and uh, we're prepared. And um, I think it's safe to say, Becky, through this whole uh, strange 2020, real estate has not slowed down. It has not slowed down at all. Uh, in fact, we're kind of having a good time being creative with it. Yes, uh, with showing that's true. we've shown properties and sold properties where we've the client didn't get into the property until well after they had signed the purchase contract. Wow, yeah, we've I mean we've experienced some uh, experiments on our end with people working from home with with some challenges of that and challenges at closing. You know, closing out in the parking lot and our curbside closings and, you know, trying to be as safe and precautious as we, as we can be. Yeah, I think everyone has figured out that uh, at the closing itself, the realtor really isn't all that necessary because realtors haven't really been going to very many closings. But all of our work is done three days prior to closing right. and before that. It's just the closing process is a signing, mm-hmm. and it's not a time of negotiation. Uh, you, as a realtor, you should have gone over everything with your client three days prior to closing. Thank you for saying that. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, uh, we have such respect for you and uh, for your career. I think we'd like to hear a little bit about how you got into real estate and a bit, little bit about your story. Well, thank you, first of all, for the kind words. And uh, I got into real estate uh, sort of by happenstance, I guess you would say. Uh, I was a social worker prior to being a realtor, and I had uh, quit that job, uh, and we were going to buy a small home. And my husband was still working for uh, DHS, which used to be called at the time, the welfare department, and he also was a social worker. And so we were trying to buy a small little home, and we called and called and called realtors, and we never got a call back. We could not get a realtor to call us back, and that was frustrating to me. And I'm going, well, I could do this. I mean, I would at least return a phone call, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I checked into it because I'm a student. I love learning things. And I thought, well, why don't I just get a real estate license and answer my own questions? So I did. It Back in the day, it was 30 classroom hours of education. Now, that has really increased quite a lot since then. And uh, you just knew enough to pass the test if you took that 30 hours. But uh, being an education hound that I am, I do love going to continuing education and learning things, whether it's for credit or for not credit. Sure, sure. So that's kind of how I got started in real estate. My husband lasted in real estate about a nanosecond. It was not really his thing. <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> no, no. No, he, he and I are pretty much opposites. 
and I am the interactive person, and he is the supporter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made for uh, a great marriage and a great career, frankly. Well, tell us your story a little bit. You were you were talking uh, uh, before about uh, some of your early experiences that influenced you greatly. I love this story because this story is who makes me. It made me who I really am. Uh, back when I was six years old, I uh, my mom and dad took me to an eye doctor. My mom tells the story about how I was born cross-eyed, like my eyes were in the, mid- in the middle. And they finally, at six years old, they decided to seek advice, right? So they take me to the eye doctor. The other kids are in the car. I'm one of seven siblings. And I... So they were waiting in the car. Back in the day, you could do that, I guess. <laughs> and then I go in. It's the only time I ever remember being with Mama and Daddy at the same time by myself, being the only person, right. the only child there. So that was pretty special to begin with. So we go into the eye doctor, and he does examinations and stuff, and I look in, and, you know, that hadn't changed a whole lot, by the way. <laughs> Uh, which looks better, and you're going, is this a trick question? They both look pretty bad. (laughs) So uh, he ends up uh, telling them that I need a surgery uh, or I will not be able to learn. And I was born pretty mature thinking, frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first words out of Daddy's mouth were, well, how much will that cost? And the doctor said $600. And Daddy's got up out of his chair, grabbed one hand, Mama grabbed the other hand. He said, I don't have that kind of money. And out we walked, and the doctor followed us out and said, but she will be unable to learn. She'll be unable to learn to read. She is not going to be a productive person if you don't have this surgery. And they just kept walking. Out the door we went, down the curb, up the other curb, got in the car and went home. And all the time I was thinking, man, babysitting, if you just wait a few years, I could babysit and I could make 50 cents an hour and I could pay you back. I knew better than to open my mouth, though, because it was uh, kind of a physical, uh, there would have been a physical response if I'd opened my mouth and I didn't want that. so, Mr. and Mrs. Wolf, Ernest and Vera Wolf, from Choctaw Seventh Day Adventist Church is where we went to church. And she taught me that Jesus will take care of me if only I ask. And I discovered right then and right there that nobody else was going to take care of me. I needed to ask Jesus to take care of me. And I did. All the way home, I kept saying, Jesus, Mom and Daddy aren't going to take care of me. Please take care of me. And from that moment forward, my spiritual uh, life grew. My prayer was answered. I never had the surgery. I was able to learn. I am not cross-eyed. I'm, you know, it was, I consider, a true miracle answered by God. And that really, to the core of my being, is who I am. That's amazing. Well, it was amazing, and it still is amazing when I look back. I don't know if you can see, but I still get goosebumps when I tell that story. I don't tell it often 
because a lot of people really don't care to know that much deeply about you, but that's who makes me who I am. So as a result of that, I think I feel an overwhelming responsibility to take care of everybody and that, that is sometimes a curse. <laughs> <laughs> it can be a blessing in your line of work, though. Well, that that is how I look at my work. I look at it as if I take care of enough people, provide great services for enough clients and friends, I'm going to make a good living. Right, right. And honestly, if uh, a lot of people go, well, how much commission will you make on that? That... Do you know when I check commission? It's when the settlement statement comes across. I never really even think about it until then. Because if I help enough people, I'm going to make a great living. It doesn't matter how big or how small the property is. Everybody needs their asset taken care of and their family life taken care of. Yeah, it's not about the money. It's about doing the right thing. Well, it is. At some point, you do have to have a little bit of money to to keep going. But that really has never been an issue for me. I, I just keep finding somebody, and if someone comes through an open house, I listen and think, oh, I could help them. Mm-hmm. So I try to help them. Hmm. That's a great story. I'm, I'm curious, kind of shifting gears a little bit, is there anybody in your professional life that you would consider a mentor? I have a negative mentor, my first broker, uh, was everything that you shouldn't do as a realtor. Lost license for commingling funds. Did not, still to this day, owes me three commissions. Uh, and so I learned what not to do mm-hmm. by that. And then I went to another broker who actually lost her license for defrauding the VA by getting kickbacks on VA loans. Uh, illegal. In the federal court, it was. And so I I learned, I thought, why can't you just do it right? It's so easy to do the right thing than to try to finagle and do the wrong thing. Right. And I never wanted for business, frankly. I just always had to figure out, well, which ones can I help the fastest the most, you know? Right. Uh, so that I can kind of help them. And so I really didn't have anybody... Uh, I got off on my own real quickly. People in the office came to me for advice because, like I said, I'm a student, mm-hmm. and I do learn it. And so people would come to me. In my first year of real estate, I was in an office of 40 people, and they would come to me and ask questions. And I'd be thinking, well, if I'm going to be answering the questions and I'm going to do the right thing, uh why don't I get my broker's license? And back then, you only had to have your license a year to get a broker's oh, license. Wow. Kind of a scary thought yeah. in retrospect. Bit, yeah. <laughs> but we, uh, I did get my broker's license a little over a year after I was uh, got licensed. And I didn't go, I didn't get people under me or anything. I just kind of took care of myself. Right. That was back before computers. And uh, so nobody really kept track of how much business you did or anything. Sure. And some of the big guys in town, as soon as we got computers, I went out on a listing and someone said, uh, oh, uh, he said, well, have you had anybody else come out? 
And they said, oh, yeah, we had Becky Ivins come out, and we, we think we're going to go with her, but we thought we'd better get a second opinion. And he goes, oh, well, she's a player. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> because what a compliment. Really, I was, I was just trying to make a small living for a large family back in the day. I had four kids at home. My husband worked nights. So I never missed a performance of theirs. Ultimately, I think my six-year-old experience when I was six years old led me to know what my ultimate purpose was, and that was to be the wife and the mother that I needed to be. And then if I could make a little extra money on the side, I certainly could do that. But somehow the balance has never been an issue for me like it is with a lot of people between life and profession. Hmm. How many kids do you have? I've got, well, four of my own, and we had foster children as well along the way. So we always had a house full. Right. I'm very proud of my kids. I, uh, we've, I've got two here in town. Uh, one is Rob Ivins, and he that's, runs that's an That's the any- one that I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a professional boxer, right, and he runs right. an anytime fitness gym at Hefner and Rockwell. Very proud of the man he has become. It's kind of tough, too. I've He's seen a- him fight. Well, he's tough in the ring. He's kind of a big teddy bear outside the ring. Uh, and then Emily Hathaway runs a speech pathology clinic, right. a pediatric clinic, and it's a fairly good-sized clinic, and that's fun. And then my oldest and my youngest are both career uh, Army oh, military officers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. My Excellent. oldest is a warrant officer in Intel, and my youngest is artilleryman and... He's in South Korea. Wow. And the other one's in South Carolina. <laughs> and uh, so they, we don't get to see them as often as we do, but FaceTime is great. Awesome. You know, Becky, you've had some uh, really interesting ads uh, involving Barbara Corcoran of the uh, Shark Tank fame. Can you tell us a little bit about how you, how you ran into Barbara and, and, and how that came about? Well, I'd love to tell you that because Barbara is a hoot to begin with. She is one of the most fun people I've ever been around but and got the best business head on her as probably anybody I've ever met. Uh, I was at a real estate conference in Dallas, and between sessions, you know, you, there, there's the bathroom break. So I was standing in this very long line to get to the bathroom, and Barbara Corcoran was standing right next to me, and... uh so we stuck up a conversation because both of us are talkers, and we shared some stories. And then I said uh, something about. It. I said, "Oh, I said I, I need to get into that bathroom." I said, "But I don't want to miss any part of this conference. I need to get back in there." And she said, "Honey, don't worry about it. I'm the next speaker, and they're not going to start without me." <laughs> And uh, so I thought, oh, well, good. She looked at my name tag, and she said, well, I like you, Becky Ivins. And I said, well, I like you, Barbara Corcoran. And she said, how can I help you? I said, have you ever thought about doing an endorsement? She goes, great idea. Have your people get with my people. Wow. So then all I had to do was go find my people. I didn't have people. (laughs) And uh, so we set up a commercial time and went to New York City. So you did. You flew to New York City. Many times to see Barbara and actually Sean Hannity as well because he does radio commercials for me. Okay. And so I met, I've met 
half the sharks, I, I guess. I mean, uh, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, we've He's a great speaker, by the way. Uh, so he's not as tough as he comes across on the show? He's as tough business-wise as he right. comes across. He certainly is, but he's definitely has a soft side emotionally. Uh, and then Damon John mm-hmm. is awesome. Uh, but Barbara, by far, is the one I would identify most with. Sure. And she knows real estate. Yeah, she's got a real estate background, correct, in New well, York? Well, she owned the biggest brokerage in New York. In New York, yeah. Which she sold for $66 million. Wow. And uh, so, and she still is the Today Show and Good Morning America. If they have a real estate story, she's their spokesperson. Okay. So... That's why I thought her endorsement would mean something. I mean, you can get all kinds of famous people to endorse you. It, you just have to pay a big fee, sure. right? Sure. Well, you have to do more than pay a fee for Barbara and for Sean, frankly. Mm-hmm. Sean Hannity's the same way. At least every six months, their people look into you. They do not want to put their name behind someone who is not honest, who doesn't use reasonable skill and care, who doesn't care about their clients if they're just in it for the almighty dollar. And they believe in the almighty dollar, by the way. Sure, but <laughs> sure. they definitely uh, check you out and vet you to be sure that you're a good person. How can you not respect that, though? Well, I mean, you that have approach to res- is respectful. You have to respect that. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been a fun ride with Barbara, I'll tell you. She is uh, she's always a fast thinker. Always compassionate, but the best business person I've ever met. She mm. can make a split-second decision, and it's the right decision almost uh, every time. Well, I, I just know from the viewer's point of view, the commercials are awesome. I mean, so professional, to the point. I, I You made the right move there. Yeah, I think it, so, too. Worked. I think so, too. I get calls all the time going, well, I want to talk to Becky because she knows that Shark Tank lady. And uh, I'm thinking, well, hopefully they uh, realize that she does those commercials because I do know my business as well. Mm. So, Yeah. Becky, uh, knowing what you know now, if you were able to go back in time and give some advice to a younger Becky Ivins when Becky was just getting into the business, what advice would you give yourself? Get with a good broker and don't start your own brokerage. <laughs> that really, I wished I had never started my own brokerage if I could go back. Now, at this point, of course, sure. I mean, I've run my own brokerage for 40 years, but I could have made more money uh, working under a brokerage. Uh, but my experience early on with my brokers was not so great. So it, I found a little bit of a hard time trusting Right. In getting another broker. And then by the time I realized that I probably wanted to, I was pretty deep into it myself and thought, eh, maybe not. You know, maybe I should just stick with doing it myself. Yeah, I have to say, though, I'm in your office every now and then, and your, your culture is good. Your people are happy. Oh, You've got really I good people that work there. And my team. Yeah, it's a solid team. My team's quality. I'll tell you, they're quality individuals. Well, what I see when I go through there is they all are like-minded with you, which is indicative of leadership that people look up to. People aren't going to emulate something that they don't respect, as your story was at the beginning. You had a broker that taught you what not to do, which made you want to go elsewhere. 
Right. The people that I see look up to you and they emulate your values, which I think is really a a, just a telltale sign that you're doing it the right way. And knowledge of the business is the one thing that we I don't take anybody on my team that doesn't have the same core beliefs that we have. Uh, I mean, you have to have the same core beliefs as us to get on the team. But to stay on the team, (laughs) you have to have superior knowledge of the business. Yeah. Because if it were really easy, everybody could do it. Yeah. And a really good realtor makes it look really easy because you take care of the stumbling blocks before the client ever knows they happen. Mm-hmm. You kind of ward off and go around. You see a, a bomb in the path, well, you, you take a different road, right. right? And get them through that little minefield. Well, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about technology. How has that made your world, your, your company better? What, what do well, you kind of dive into? What do you see the benefits of? D- loving the technology uh, was something, again, love to learn, so I embraced technology from the beginning, back when we used DOS as our computer <laughs> yeah, language, yeah. Right? right? And you'd get your, your listing almost in, and then it would time out, no matter how fast you typed. <laughs> uh, but uh, we totally embrace technology, and that is, uh, I mean, like, I've, during this COVID thing, I think I've been to the office twice and that was to drop off or pick up something. And I don't even go inside. They bring it to me uh, because I work from home. It's easy to do if you embrace the technology that's out there. Right. On advertising, I'll say that there is nobody in the metro that's more cutting edge right. than what we are on advertising technology. I love your radio show. Well, the radio show. I think awesome. you should give it a plug. Just I've, well, at eight o'clock on Saturday mornings, I do a live show on KTOK News Radio one thousand on the AM dial. It's just an hour, mm-hmm. but it's educational. We try to educate the public as to what is title insurance, what is this title lock insurance, uh, mm-hmm. what that what happens when your brick moves on the side of your house. Uh, that I mean, what's the difference in a a traditional septic tank and a aerobic septic tank. We go all the way from electrical issues in a house mm-hmm. to updates with a nationally known designer <clears throat> that knows, uh, you know, what's current and what's kind of what's trending, but then forecasting what's to come. So I've been lucky enough to to do that with you twice, yes, can, uh, countless times. I'm We've sh- done the show for fifteen years. Yeah, I- I'm shocked at how fast an hour goes. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it goes by so fast. Right, it does. Well, you're covering a lot of content, and so it does. Right. You're not just yeah. sitting there chit-chatting, you right. know. So, Becky, where do you think real estate is going? In the next two to five years, what do you really think? Do you know, one thing I think that will never change is the influence of the realtor in the transaction. Uh, the like I said earlier, if you do it right, you make it look real easy. And the relationship and the trust, it's the trust factor of being able to trust a realtor. You know, I told you I had two military kids, right? Well, when they go somewhere to buy a house or even to rent a house, I call somebody that I know from that area. Like, 
last night, I called a friend of mine in San Antonio, said, hey, I've got a kid coming. He's he's really a man, but he's my kid, and I need some help on doing this, uh, on helping him find exactly the right thing. Well, I know this guy is a little group that we have. It's a little private group and of realtors that are across North America because we do have Central, actually Central America, and a lot in Canada as well as the U.S., and we've got somebody in every major market, and I can call, even if it's not in a major market, I can call and say, hey, uh, who do you know that works this area? So the one thing that we'd really love to do is to make referrals to great realtors outside right. our area. And I so that relationship building I don't see as ever changing. I think all of us thought it was doom and gloom when – Uh, We started syndicating our listings, and people had good access to them. But there's still still a little bit of a fear factor in the public of just dealing directly with the owner of a property. Right. And I can see why, Mm -hmm. because having been involved in that for a while, uh, working with many for sale by owners, they don't always go sour, but they're more likely to than if you deal with a professional. I just see it uh, continuing to grow. Here in the metro, our metro is growing a lot. Yeah. I mean, people are moving in from all over. And there's some seminar at some hotel that teaches people that you need to invest in Oklahoma City, Lawton, or there's three places. Two of them are in Oklahoma. So we get a lot of investors coming in right now. And the properties prices are high, uh, but they're still buying. Because they consider it a good buy. And we do have a very solid real estate market in the metro. Yeah. I've heard it said that if our if our average price in Oklahoma City re went went up to the average price in America, we would have a huge boom because our our, our properties are still a wonderful value. Well, I say you can live like a king in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. And when I say Oklahoma City, I kind of mean central Oklahoma yeah, because we cover the whole metro area and beyond. We cover, I think, seven counties that we do business right. in. I'm going to throw a curveball. Okay. If there was ever something that you learned from that was a mistake, what would that be? I guess growing the team too fast. If getting people on that don't match the culture of yes. our team, uh, it is really important, no matter what the culture of your team is. Now, my team's small, and I'm fine with that. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've got nine people, and that's good by me. Right. Five of us sell, four don't. Right. And uh, that is something that we have grown and we went through a lot of realtors over a period of about five years. So, but they just didn't fit our culture. So I'm curious, do you recruit or do people come to you or is it a combination of both? Actually both. Uh, I did recruit uh, for a while Mm -hmm. and decided that somehow I was not attracting the quality individual I was looking for uh, because the person I'm looking for is someone that's not afraid of work. They don't expect to be handed anything, even though they are on our team. Sure. We do hand out leads real regularly. Sure. Uh, and they 
you have to do an honest deal. I, I will n- never have and never will do anything outside a settlement statement. I mean, it has to go on the settlement statement. Thank you. And Thank we're you at, so much for that. Well, we're, we're asked to do that a lot, by the way, <clears throat> and that's fraud. And it's uh, probably a felony. I don't know. I've not been charged with any felony or misdemeanor, but should be a felony. Uh, and we... Anyway, I just, I'm looking for a quality person that is honest, that doesn't mind work, that has a good faith based, as you could tell by my story earlier, that's real important to us, that values family over profession. You have to value family over profession. You work to make a living for your family. So whereas I had someone say to me yesterday, well, I haven't had a day off in three weeks. I said, well, then you're not going by your ideal weekly schedule because your ideal weekly schedule gives you one and a half days off a week that you should absolutely be taking off uh, because you will burn out. Yeah. And that's not to say you can't take a phone call, but schedule some time for yourself and your family. You have to. That's you have to. so important. Sound familiar to, to our values, Ken? Yes, very, very similar. <laughs> Becky, we are so uh, delighted that you took time to join us. And, uh, and we usually kind of try and wrap up with, uh, with a, the same question for everybody. And that is, what do you look for in a title company? Oh, I look for a great title company. First of all, that knows their numbers. Uh, I'm a numbers person, love my numbers. And I know how to prorate and uh, do all, I mean, I can do a settlement statement by hand. So I'm a numbers person. You would not believe the number of companies here in the metro that will get the prorations of taxes backwards, like we'll close in May, and they will charge seven months to the buyer and five months to the seller. Or they don't scrutinize the charges on the settlement statement to be sure they match the contract. I've literally had someone say, well, that's not what's it what was intended here on this contract. (laughs) So they're the interpreter. (laughs) What was intended on that contract is exactly what's written on that contract. And you are charged with with closing the transaction according to the written contract. There are no intents in a contract. If your realtor tells you they intended to do this, well, then it should have been written exactly like that. So I look for someone who will really close the transaction by the written document, because we take pride in writing the right document, a good realtor will save you money on writing a contract for you. And uh, then I look for someone who is timely. About a year ago, I closed two transactions that were cash at a title company in Moore. And one of them took two hours, one took two and a half hours. Cash transaction. How does that ever happen? I'm going, I had a listing appointment following both of those that I had to call someone and say, I'm sorry, my closing's running late. And that's just not being prepared. Yeah. Then I need a, a company that has a good reserve, very good financials behind them. They need to pay off on a title insurance claim. The money needs to be there. 
You can't go with someone who doesn't have the reserves. I need a strong title company right. that will issue a good title uh, opinion right. and then cover all the bases. In the whole time I've dealt with Chicago title, which has or capital abstract before Chicago title, we've had one incident that where it, it was just a mistake, and it really was not anyone's mistake. It was a different title company's mistake prior to us, but it resulted in not a good situation. And I mean, I tell you, Chicago Title stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we're going to make this right. All I, I said, is there anything you can do on this? And Ken McBride says, we're going to make it right, Becky. And I said, well, there's three ways we can do this. And you, Ken said, you figure it out. You tell us what to do, and we're going to do it. Everyone was happy at the end. So title insurance is important, and the closing company is important. And it's not that I don't want to spend quality time with your closers, but our schedules are usually Absolutely. pretty tight. I don't want to sit in your waiting room for two hours waiting on a payoff statement to come in that should have come in maybe a week before. Right. So. Well, Becky, again, I'm going to kind of mimic what Ken said and say thank you. Thank oh, you for your time. My pleasure. I love working with you guys. Yeah, likewise. I, I, I wish we could clone you. Um, the way you handle your business oh, makes our you. job easier. Well, so, and, and likewise. Yeah. Um, for our listeners, I want to say in the year 2020, please stay safe. And always remember, it really does make a difference where you close. 